The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Eds Prop Spectacular. We do it every single Friday during the NFL season at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And I got to tell you, so many people, they want to rep the early edge. They want to rep all the different clothes that I wear and the crew wears. Well, guess what? The store is up and running for the rest of the season. We're going to take that QR code, 20% off. And then if you send us your pictures on social media with you wearing that merchandise, we are planning something very nice for those who support us. Now, our college show two weeks ago went 12-3. and three, So a lot of people said, oh, that's the best show in the early edge universe. Is it really? Is it really? Because my guys here in the props land went 11 and 3 last week after a winning week before that, because they are the three very best. I don't want to hear about anybody else, anybody else that has a prop in their name. Don't talk to me. I've got the three best. Let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them, you love them. Look at these three. Come on, come on, come on. First and foremost, live from parts unknown. You can catch him on his own show, The Prop Shop, every single Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time or right here with his boys. We call them prop stars. You can call them Alex. Welcome back to the early edge, sir. Coach, it's great to see you. This is literally my favorite hour of the week, getting to be here with Uncle Dave, Cousin Sia. I look forward to this so much. We had another great week. I've had three straight profitable weeks. I think our show has been profitable for three weeks in a row. One quick question to you, Coach. How long do you think it'll be until – the, the early edge or the sports line store has a little Geppetto mixtape for sale. Uh, I think it's going to be a minute before that store has it, but I'm working on another little store that will have personalized stuff for us. Uh, and maybe I'm working on something for all three of you and maybe little Geppetto will make a, uh, an appearance there. Perhaps, perhaps. All right, next, you can see him on the award-winning fantasy football today. And we just borrow him just for one week, just for one hour. Every single week, Uncle Dave Richard, welcome back to the show. First of all, I want to go to a little Geppetto concert. I want to, <laughs> I want to hear the man live in person. I've seen Coach perform live in person. I want to see little Geppetto get down, and then I want to go to the courtroom and listen to Sia Najad Esquire <laughs> put some guy in prison. That's what I want. Before <laughs> all that can happen, uh, I just I just want to say that we've been doing great. It's been really uh, a great feeling to help people. Uh, as a group, we went 11-3. and three. I'm getting my ass handed to me in the stock market, but not when it comes to player props, and I appreciate all that you guys are doing. Sia went perfect. Man, I, I do need some of that Sia energy. 
Oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Oh, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Yes. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go five and oh. Let's go. Let's go 15 and oh. Well, he's channeling the inner best looking man in all of the early edge universe. Of course, you know him. Seeing the job. How does it feel to have a perfect week, sir? It feels perfect, but listen, every week is different, right? So, you know, one week is perfect and one week isn't necessarily great. But my attitude going into this week is let's stay perfect. We went 11 and three. I mean, that's pretty much near perfect. So uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited. And by the way, this is also my favorite hour of the week. And when I said that last week, coach, you made fun of me, but you don't make fun of Alex when he says it. I tried and true. This is my favorite hour of the week. This is the best show. It's it, I can't wait to get started. Well, because I know that Alex spends literally all of Thursday night in the lab, so I believe him when he says it. I think you're just trying to butter the rest of us up. That's yeah, maybe that's true. That's, yeah, exactly. to, to, uh, that's the lawyer in me. D Dave knows what's up. Don't worry. Don't worry. It won't be long now before we won't even say that anymore. You're just going to be full-time here at Sportsline, full-time at the early edge. Don't worry. We are working on that because you are somebody to invest in, whether it's that or whether it's right here at the early edge. Now. Let's get into our board. So what do we do? For those of you who are brand new to the prop show, I tell my guys, I need five, five of the best plays that you have. Props, a lot of them come out on Fridays. They may change by Sunday. I encourage you to watch this show live and not on demand because my guys are absolute market movers. They give out a play. It goes like this. We have receipts. So let's get into it, gentlemen. Now, also, we only get into games that we have plays in. If you have a prop question, Jeweler, AB, they're in the chat. They will answer all throughout the hour and try to keep them to the game that we are in. Then on Sunday, we go through every single game. So, Dave, because you are getting into character so well, I'm going to start with you, sir. And I'm going to go to the Browns laying one in Atlanta against a surprisingly fun Atlanta Falcons team to watch. Total sitting at 47. What do you like in this game, sir? Well, uh, the first thing is I got to unbutton this because... <laughs> Ugh, I can't do it, Sia. I'm, I'm, I got too much fat in my neck, but I don't have fat in my head, at least not yet, although people in the comments might say otherwise. I like Marcus Mariota's longest pass to not go 37 yards, therefore under 36 and a half yards, minus 121 at Caesars Sportsbook. Little story. In the beginning, there was the heaven and the earth, and then there was Marcus Mariota. <laughs> he's 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 completed 1,178 passes. Of those passes, 66 of them went 37 or more yards. That's 5.6%. That number's too high. Half of those completions came in his rookie year. It was a long time ago. So since his rookie year, he's had 948 completions. 33 of them went 37-plus yards, 3.5%. But again, that number, Coach, Sia, profit <laughs> too high <laughs> since 2020 since he left tennessee only 68 completions he's barely played one one look at my finger please don't seal my fingerprint went 37 yards that's 1.5 percent let's bet on something that's 98.5 percent in our favor let's bet against marcus Mariota, who by the way is averaging just 26 pass attempts per game so he's not throwing it all over the place. The Browns, who they're playing, by the way, they've only allowed three passes of 37 or more yards this year on 63 completions. That's a 4.8% rate. So no matter how you slice it, it feels like you're betting on something that hasn't happened at least 95.2% of the time. This year, 
the past three years, what have you. I love this one. I don't mind one bit taking Marcus Mariota to dink and dunk all game long. He shouldn't have too much trouble dealing with that Browns pressure because Garrett's not playing and because Jadavion Clowney, who knows? If they do end up playing Garrett, we don't know. He didn't practice all week. I, I think Mariota just has another game like he's been having, and that means not a lot of deep throws. Dave, you are aware we 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 only have an hour for this show. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, okay, okay. I was just just double check. I was gonna get into what he did in college too, but <laughs> I, I figured I'd cut it a little bit. <laughs> you know, I'm just messing with you. I love you so much. Now, Chris in the chat says, "I appreciate you all. You are the best in the business, hands down." I agree. That's why I say it all the freaking time, and I will shout it from the mountaintops. Now, next game. Bills, minus three at the Ravens. This is very, very interesting, gentlemen. The total sitting at 51. And see, I'm coming to you because we could have a shootout or we could have what happened between the Bills and the Dolphins last week. We just don't know. But what do you know that you like in this game, sir? Yeah, I think we're going to have a shootout. And I think it's because both secondaries are just really banged up. You're going to have these quarterbacks, particularly Josh Allen, really take advantage of a really banged up and just flat out bad secondary with the Ravens right now. And in turn, because of that, you are going to have Lamar Jackson having his way with the Bills secondary that still we don't know what pieces are going to be back. They are also really banged up in the secondary. It looks like Dane Jackson is coming back. Um, Christian Benford, he's going to be out. He broke his hand. There's some other pieces that we need to monitor, like Jordan Poyer, for example. But either way, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a good game. A lot of that's going to be via his legs. But I do think the Bills are going to have a focus on Mark Andrews. I, I think Milano will do a decent job covering him, but there certainly will be some more focus other than just him on the coverage. What does that mean? It means that Rashad Bateman is likely to get loose. Now, the, the downside with Rashad Bateman, his usage hasn't really been that great. He's only had, let's see, four, seven, and five targets over three games. And frankly, just from a route share standpoint, it could be better. I do expect that to tick up in this game. And if you look at last week, while the targets were low, there was a couple deep balls that they probably should have connected on. And I expect that to happen in this game. So 47 and a half receiving yards. The over is my play with Rashad Bateman. I think this is a back and forth game. I think a lot of receivers are going to have a lot of action in this game. And I think Rashad Bateman has somewhat of a coming out party in this game. He exceeds that 47 and a half receiving yard total. Yeah, see, I think you're spot on. This has a feeling of a game that early edge fans love. We love betting overs. We know that. And we love when there's a game that a lot of overs cash. We love that. I think you found a good one. Alex, let me come to you. I know you have something to say, but I also, we have a question from the chat. Josh Allen, over 280 yards. Based off of what Sia just said, what do you like or what do you think about that one? And then you can add your point, sir. Uh, I'd lean over on that, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo came out with more of a balanced attack this week. I think the number's fairly efficient, but again, I lean over on it. But I just wanted to piggyback on Rashad Bateman. I consider myself possibly the biggest Rashad Bateman truther uh, in the whole world right now. I love Rashad Bateman. I think he is a must-play anytime this guy is under 50 receiving yards, especially when you have a favorable game environment, which this certainly looks to be one between two explosive offenses. A couple things on Rashad Bateman. His 3.05 yards per route run among players with a 70% route participation, 
only trails Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. This guy has been so dynamic, so efficient this season. Also coming off of a season-high 79% route rate in Week 3. Yes, we'd like to see more targets, but the fact that he's on the field this much and playing more and more every week is certainly very, very encouraging regarding Rashad Bateman. So absolutely love him. He has one of the deepest A-dots in the NFL. He clocked the highest speed with the football in his hands this season. This guy is just a big play waiting to happen. It takes one or two receptions to go over 50 yards if you're Rashad Bateman. Educate and entertain, my man. Educate the people and entertain. Now, while you were talking, my man Hills to the top one says, Uncle Dave unbuttoned his shirt. Is he no longer in the Latino mob? so far that's the line of the day keep them coming keep them coming i love the chat so much all right speaking of dave i'm coming back to you next game we're on commanders and the cowboys now the cowboys they're changing my mind just a little bit watching them with a good defense yes and cooper rush maybe dak will keep holding those headphones when he comes back they keep playing like this lane three the total at 41 and a half. Now, the game script, Dave, says that the commanders will be playing from behind, which plays into your props. What do you like? There's two props I like in this game, and I don't mind doing a same game parlay. I just don't have the odds for it, but I would imagine that they'd be pretty good because one of these, the odds are in our favor. First one, Carson Wentz, over 35 and a half pass attempts at minus 125 at Caesars. And does this sound familiar if you were watching last week? I don't know if we've ever had a back-to-back player prop recommendation where I've liked something in one week and then gone back to the next week. I don't know if any of us have ever done that. But I'm going back to the well, guys, because last week, this team, the Commanders, 65.5% pass rate. That was eighth highest. After their last game, they've moved to fifth. 67.1% of the time, they're throwing the football. Who's throwing the football? It's Carson Wentz. He's had at least 41 attempts or more. I said at least, at least 41 attempts each of his first three games. He had 43 pass attempts last week, and he was still sacked nine times. Mm. That means he had over 50 dropbacks. This is a team that does not want to run the football. They're happy to throw it. Dallas is better against a pass than they are the run, but Washington just, they're not going to do that. So let's take the over again on Carson Wentz. He's going to throw at least 36 passes. J.D. McKissick over three and a half catches is the other one. And normally when I see something that looks like a sucker bet, I take a big step back. There were a lot of them last week that I had on my list. I didn't bring them to the show. And you know what? They were all wrong. So that's the only caveat. Because every other stat tells me that J.D. McKissick is going to get at least six catches. He's had that each of the last two weeks. He's had at least seven targets each of the last two weeks. He's played at least 45% of the snaps each of the past two weeks. And the Cowboys, and this is why I think the commanders lean on their running backs through the air in this game specifically. They're allowing eight yards per catch and a 92.3% catch rate to running backs through the first three weeks of the season. Guys, I like both these bets. I think McKissick gets at least six grabs, so I would take over on four and a half if you can find it that high. The odds should be crazy on it, but three and a half is what I see, and I would easily take that one. To Dave's point, which is why he is so brilliant on this show, what do we have, Dave, Cowboys and Giants Monday night? We were on the under for who? Saquon Barkley. And what did he do? Kept catching, Utah. kept catching, Wait. kept catching. Yeah. And he sailed to the over. If he's I wasn't sure which right. under. I wasn't sure which under you were referring. Yeah. So that that's exactly what you were talking about. Am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Am yeah. I right? Exactly. That's it. There yeah. it is. 
I'm telling Commanders you, are going to copy. It's a copycat league. It's a copycat we'll league. I love it. And by the way, if he gets to six catches again, you won't see this number the rest of the season, or at least the next few weeks. So let's get it in this week. And catch. Well, I can tell you one other thing about the commander's offense. Sure. They're getting uh, a great running back named Brian Robinson. It could be by next week. Remember, this is the rookie who got shot during a carjacking. Mm-hmm. Crazy story, survived, Crazy. and he, they put him on IR to begin the season. He's eligible to come off of IR in week five, and there's some talk that he'll be ready to go. They're definitely going to give him an opportunity to come off of it. And if they do, they might be able to run the ball a lot better and more effectively than what we've seen through the first four weeks of the season. And that means these types of props are going to be more toward the under. We're going to want to take the under on them starting whenever Robinson comes back and looks like a, a, a good running back, which is how he looked in the preseason. Alex, can you keep uh, keep us honest on that for Sunday to make sure we know if he's in or out of the lineup, please? Since he's not he's eligible not to turn until next week. Yeah, yeah, he it's won't be next week. week. Okay, next week. Okay, right. gotcha. I thought. You oh know, no, okay. I would. I would. I don't think I would play these if Brian Robinson okay. were coming back this week. Okay, very he's good. Not. And take that information and use it moving forward. It's all about the education and the information. Now, see ya. When I watched the Cowboys play last week, it was almost like a changing of the guard in my mind as I watch this game, right? Because Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, he's out there. But for the majority of the game, we're seeing the other guy. And he's fast, he's dynamic, and he is confident. And you like him this week. Who am I talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Tony Pollard, and we're specifically talking about his rushing and receiving prop, which I like as over 60 and a half. I think it was 59 and a half about an hour ago, so it's slowly ticking up. People must have gotten word that I was putting this prop out. I don't know how that possibly (laughs) could have happened, but over 60 and a half at minus 115. So here's the thing. Zeke still gets a lot of run, and for the record, I think Tony Pollard is way more dynamic than Ezekiel Elliott, but Ezekiel Elliott still does some good things. He's a good pass blocker. He's good between the tackles, or at least he's okay between the tackles. With all of that said, Zeke, I think, had around five yards per carry last week. Well, you know what Tony Pollard did on his carries? Over eight yards per carry. So this is like clearly the back that that is more inclined to, to give you the house call, more inclined to break the big run. And oh, by the way, the Washington defense is allowing 5.27 yards per carry this year, which is a really big number. And just like I mentioned last week when I was talking about Devontae Smith, the Washington football team, otherwise known as the Commanders, allow more explosive plays than any team in the NFL. Is Ezekiel Elliott going to take advantage of those explosive plays? Maybe, probably not. Is Tony Pollard? Yeah, probably. So when you're looking at this rushing and reception total, and I understand he didn't get any catches last week, you have to keep in mind, though, there were a lot of catches schemed for him specifically in the first quarter that just didn't work out. The week before that, he had four catches on seven targets. That's why I'm incorporating the receiving and the rushing, because as long as he has his hands on the ball against this defense, he can get this total in three, four, five touches potentially. So I like Pollard over 60 and a half. I think Washington is going to be playing from behind just like they were against Philadelphia, just like we predicted. I think, by the way, the Dallas Cowboys covered this line of minus three. I'm shocked as it's it's as low as it is. We know Coach, I know you're a big fan of Cooper Rush. He's showing everybody that he's actually potentially a starting quarterback in this league, and I don't think we're going to see any different this week. In the second half, if the 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 Washington football team is way down, I see Tony Pollard spelling Ezekiel Elliott a little bit more. And for some reason, if they happen to be down, Tony Pollard will likely be in there uh, more often than not rather than Zeke, at least it, with some of the passing work. So I, I like uh, Pollard here quite a bit. I think you are absolutely spot on. Alex, let me come to you. As, as long as we're in this game, we were on CD Lamb on Monday because we felt like it'd be a good matchup. Do you think for him this week, because people love these star receivers, will this be a good matchup for Lamb? 
It is a good matchup for Lamb. I've been encouraged by C.D. Lamb getting a healthy target share. Uh, seems to have good chemistry with Cooper Rush as well. He's actually run cold. If you look at some of his advanced metrics, uh, he's due for some positive regression because he is getting heavily targeted. Those targets are coming deep down the field as well. So, yeah, I think there are potential spike games looming for C.D. Lamb, and this certainly looks like potentially one of those games against a commander's team that gives up a ton of production to opposing number one wide receivers and could push the the Cowboys a little bit and this could have uh, some sneaky shootout potential which definitely benefits Lamb. Dave go. I was just gonna say the the commanders are bottom five in receiving yards and yards after catch allowed to wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb's amazing this week. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Little bonus information for all of you out there. By the way to the moon 24 says I love this channel. They hit big last week 11 and 3 on their calls. Well to the moon <clears throat> we're here every week and we win just about every single week because that's how good we are. But we don't enjoy it unless you do it with us. So welcome to the show. Tell all your friends. There's no limit on how many people can come here. So come on. Come on. Now, next game that we are involved in, Seahawks and the Lions. Now, somebody in the chat already told me, Swift is out. I'm on say, bro, out. So we've got some issues in this game. However, see, I'm coming to you first. There are a couple that – you have targeted. We've got an over from you and an under from Dave. So, so Sia, let me start with you. What do you like? Yeah, I like Rashad Penny over 15 and 59 and a half rushing yards. So I was considering this earlier this morning, but I wasn't sure I wanted to put the play in because my thought was I'm a little worried about how the game script goes with Rashad Penny specifically if Detroit opens up a big lead here because we know how dynamic, obviously their defense is is a problem, but we know how dynamic that offense can be. And if Seattle's behind, they've shown us just last week that they can put some of that passing game together with Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf specifically. But with with DeAndre Swift out, which we kind of knew, but Amon Ross St. Brown also out, I don't see a scenario where DJ Shark and Josh Reynolds and Jamal Williams are running away with this game behind Jared Goff. And what that means to me is that Penny is going to be a centerpiece of this game. So yes, Ken Walker is on this team. Travis Homer is injured. So DJ Dallas as well. But I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be a lot of running either way. That doesn't mean that DK and Lockett can't have good fantasy games. I'm just suggesting that on the Seattle end, you are going to be seeing a lot of Rashad Penny, just like you saw last week. He had 70% of the work last week in terms of snaps, and he had almost 70% of the carries. If he has 70% against this Detroit defense, which for the record is giving up around 31 points a game and is bad against the run and bad against the pass, if he's seeing 70% of that work, then he's going to hit this 59 and a half rushing yards over. It's not a sexy play because Rashad Penny just isn't that guy that's going to really, you know, have anybody thinking, oh, this is a this is a smash hit. But I do think if he's getting the work, which it looks like he is, against this Detroit team that's giving up plenty uh, from a yards per carry standpoint, Penny gets this number. So I never let my cappers talk to each other. I like them to evaluate each game on their own. But most of the time, because they're so brilliant, their plays match up. We've got an over for a running back from Seattle. And Dave, we have a what from you? We've got another under, and it's got to do with Geno Smith. But I, I want to say that part of the reason why I've got conviction on my Geno Smith under prop, and it's Geno Smith under 22 and a half completions, uh, it, it's that Rashad Penny has this amazing matchup, and he had so much work, and Sia talked about it. But what Sia failed to mention is that this Lions defense has given up six touchdowns to running backs on the ground through three games. 
six and three. You don't think Pete Carroll seeing that and going, <laughs> let's go, let's run the ball. And as far as Penny not being that guy, you remember how Rashad Penny ended last season? He won a lot of people fantasy championships because he was just crushing it. He still shows several flashes of that each week. I think he's going to be the best running back for Seattle in this game and maybe one of the best running backs in week number four. So, Sia, I'm with you all the way. I even like his over on 13 and a half attempts. That's at minus 109 last time that I checked it out. But let's get to Gino, who's completed exactly 23 passes in each of his first three games. And now here comes a line that's 22 and a half. I think they want you to take the over. And the reason why they want you to take the over is because they see what Sia sees and what I see, and that's at Seattle. There's a lot of C's there. Is going to run the ball and keep it competitive with the Detroit Lions. I think that Detroit being so bad against the run opens the door for Seattle to run the football. And that means fewer attempts for Geno Smith and fewer completions for Geno Smith. And it's better than his yardage prop. It's sunk like a rock, by the way. Earlier this week, it was over 250. I think it was like 253. And now it's down to 248. And I'll add one last little nugget. Guys. The Sharps have been on this one. When I originally found this prop yesterday, it was under 22 and a half completions plus 129. It is now (laughs) minus 111. And it's not like I told anybody. I kept it to myself. I didn't tell our producer until an hour before the show. So sharp money has come in on this under. I think we join it even at minus 111. I would play it to minus 121. I don't think Gino's completing 23 balls this week. I don't see a scenario where that happens either. Speaking of sharps, I like to pride ourselves here at the Early Edge on being a team, being a crew. Yes, gentlemen? Yes? Yes. Of course. Well, we've had one of our esteemed colleagues who happens to be in the chat right now who's had a couple of weeks off, and apparently he's picking up right where he left off because my man Buckets is in the chat, and he hit, I believe, three or four plays that he posted on Twitter today in dramatic fashion. So shout out to Buckets. And hopefully all of you tailed his plays just like I did. Just like I did. And I'm feeling pretty good about myself right about now. So, Buckets, you get your 15 seconds. You get your little pat on the back. Now just answer some questions. All right, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Now, our next game. And finally, finally, we're bringing Proppy off the bench. Because he's got his first play here. Chargers, minus five and a half, and the Texans. And my little fantasy league that I'm in with several of you. I just got an update on my phone. It says Keenan Allen definitely out once again. We kind of knew that, but now it's got All right. So Alex, when you look at this game and the fact that Herbert verbally said he was injured, verbally said, I just didn't want to quit. That gives me a little pause for the game. But what do you see as a opportunity in this game, sir? Before I get to that coach, I just want to, put this out there that it's been nearly half an hour and this is my first prop that I'm giving out. So I feel like J.R. Smith right now. I'm about to just take over this game and just shoot every single shot. I don't even care about the score, how competitive it is. I just got to get my points in right now. So we are going Austin Eckler anytime touchdown. I cannot believe this is at minus 110 right now. Here's a trivia question for you. I bet you Dave and Sia could answer this. Who led the NFL in touchdowns last year? Austin. Austin, Austin Eckler. Austin, sorry, Austin 20, Eckler. <laughs> 20 touchdowns tied with Jonathan Taylor. 12 on the ground, 8 through the air. Guess how many coach he has through three games this season? I'm going to say five. Zero. 
Zero, zero touchdowns <laughs> for Austin Eckler. If there was anybody due for a touchdown, it is Austin Eckler playing the Texans, who are an excellent matchup. They've actually been somewhat solid against the pass, way more susceptible on the ground. They're 30th in rushing DVOA. Brandon Staley also went on record after week three, after that Chargers loss to Jacksonville, saying that he needs to get the ball in Eckler's hands more. He only had four rushing attempts versus the Jags. Again, this is the quintessential get-right spot versus the Texans. I actually like him to score two touchdowns, which you can get at plus 500. That's not an official play, but that's something I bet privately. And I even sprinkled a little bit on Eckler to score three touchdowns at plus 2,200. Jonathan Taylor, week one, 13 carries, 161 yards, one touchdown versus these Texans. Javante Williams, week two, 15 carries, 75 yards. Week three, Khalil Herbert, 20 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns versus these Texans. I like Eckler's rushing line at 54 and a half yards, but I love the value for him to score a touchdown. He's going to score a touchdown, and I predict he scores two against the Texans Sunday. Wow, very interesting. I wonder if we should start implementing if you predict two touchdowns, you can get the VJM that way. Maybe more ways to get the VJM. By the way, see, I don't know if your ears were burning last night on our Thursday night show, but it wasn't me, but somebody was teasing about you getting overconfident to get into the club. I, I don't know. It was a whole big thing. So, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get in. I actually so. happened to be listening at the time and I jumped in the chat. A few people said hi to me, but nobody on the show actually noticed. Probably a good thing. I was just saying it does matter that I was a three-time BJM champion last year. Here's the thing, coach. You and I should be in the club. You realize that, right? If the refs had called a pass interference when Noah Brown got tackled in the first quarter, like literally practically tackled. Tackle. You realize Tony Pollard was in the game. Like he was actually in the game. They go to the one yard line mm-hmm. or the two, wherever they spot it. And Tony Pollard likely gets that carry, at least the first crack at mm-hmm. it. And we get in the club. It was the, the refing was disturbing in that game. Excuse me, gentlemen. This right here is the world's smallest <laughs> violin playing for both Sia <laughs> and coach. Yeah, you guys should have been in the club. I should have hit every single bet that I've ever made as well. So, listen, when you get tackled in the end zone, people need to throw a flag. That's what that's the the point I'm making. I feel like Alex is a little bit offended that he had to wait so long into the show. I even asked him two questions so he could talk, and he's still a little bit not satisfactory. Apparently not. Apparently. All right. All right. I'll have to talk to, to the snake and see what we can do about. How we lay these games out, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, I take no, none of the blame. Now, if you were happy, I take all the blame. All right, <laughs> now we've got several more picks to get to, but as you know, the salaries for three three men are astronomical. So I've got to pay those pesky, <laughs> those pesky little bills. Here's a word from one of our incredible partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. For those watching on YouTube, listening on Apple or Spotify, welcome into our Early Edge Prop Spectacular. We do it every single week at 4 p.m. Eastern time with Uncle Day, with Sia, and, of course, with Prop Star. So let's continue. Of course, since we made Alex wait so long, he gets two in a row. So, Alex, let's go to the Bears and the Giants. A game I will not be watching one second of, but I do hope to cash one prop ticket. What do you like in this one? Yeah, this is a prop that I love, Coach. I've given this out in both my article. Now I'm giving it out here on stream. It's Saquon Barkley over 16 and a half yards for his longest rush of the game. Uh, listen, so far throughout this season, Barkley is on a very short list of best offensive players in the NFL, he's a big reason, the reason, in my opinion, why the Giants are 2-1. and one. He has been their entire offense. Uh, he's averaging 105 rushing yards per game. He's had at least a 16-yard gain in all three games of this season as well. It's just it's not a prop I think we need to overthink. He's going to continue to get 18 to 22 rushing attempts per game. The more opportunities you give him, the more chances he has for a big gain. It is that simple. Uh, this also might be his softest matchup as well. Uh, he'll face the Chicago Bears team, 22nd in rushing DVOA, ranked lower than any team he's faced so far on the Giants' schedule this year. Giants are also two-and-a-half-point favorites, which could lead to a lot of rushing volume for Barkley and the Giants. Uh, the Giants wide receiver group just decimated Sterling Shepard done for the season. Wandale Robinson not going to be active for this game. Either is Kadarius Toney. That leaves Richie James and just a bunch of special teams players. Barkley is going to get all the work he can handle. Uh, the Bears rush D, as I mentioned, 21st in EPA per rush, 29th in rush success percentage, a 24th in run grade. Very, very bad. Also, Barkley has been phenomenal. He ranks fourth in rush yards over expected. That's only behind Khalil Herbert, DeAndre Swift, and Aaron Jones this season. I think he's going to get additional volume versus a soft Bears defense. Here's an interesting stat for you, Coach. The Bears have completed 23 passes through three games. 23 passes completed through three games. That's unbelievable. Anyway, Barkley's rushing attempts line set at 18 and a half. If he gets 19 carries, which he's going to, he's going over 17 yards. Let's cash this one before it even happens. If people are wondering, he had a run for 36 last week, 81 yards. But see, I got to come to you with another question because we talked about it on the show on Monday night. And we talked about how the rushing prop for Daniel Jones was a little bit high at 27. Yeah. And he went for 79 yards. Do we think this week will play into that again? I'm sure the number is going to be a little bit higher when it when it finally locks in. But nine carries for 79 yards, my goodness. Yeah, and I think that a lot of that was out of necessity, right? Because the, the Cowboys' uh, front four particularly was so ferocious, and he had to just kind of escape. And once he realized he could do that, I think in the second half they kind of they, they had some actual plays designed for that. But a lot of that was just him improvising. I don't know that he's going to need to do that this game because of the defense he's facing relative to the defense he faced last week. So it's not a play for me, but I thought it was high last week. I was obviously wrong about that, but but I think I would if I were to lean anywhere, I would lean the under, and it's probably an inflated number. But it, in other words, I would take advantage of the inflated number this week because I think that was more circumstantial than anything. 
And Dave, let me come to you because sometimes I like to pinpoint maybe certain instances where unders across the board could look great. When you go to the Chicago Bears side of things, they had one receiver last week that had over 23 yards. One. They had a rusher who had 157 yards on the ground and fields through all of 17 times. And to Alex's point, he completed eight last week. Is there anything you see on the Bears side that we should just go and just, you know, you know what? There's no way this gets to the over. I think anything having to do with their passing, because it's clear they don't trust Justin Fields if they're only giving him 17 pass attempts. And their run game should be great. You want to talk about a bad run defense? Yes, the Bears have one. There's no question. That's why I like the Saquon prop that Alex gave. Um, but the, the Giants' run defense is terrible, too. And Khalil Herbert fits what that offensive line can do as a run-blocking unit. I think they lean on Khalil Herbert. He is a top 10 fantasy running back for me this week. And I'm not sure what his numbers are as far as rushing yards, his player prop, but it, let's just let's spitball it at like 64, 65 and a half. That's mm-hmm. pretty high in general for, for running backs. I would take the over on that. Not only are the Giants bad against the run, they played on Monday. So I think Khalil Herbert can take advantage with his young, fresh legs. All right. Very, very good. You got both sides of the fence. By the way, little issue in the chat. David says, sorry, coach, always side with Alex. Never bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting that you would take that stance, David. <clears throat> Up next. Very smart chat we have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jags and the Eagles. This is Alex's favorite team. But he doesn't have a pick on this game yet. We still have Sunday. So the Eagles are laying six and a half. They've been terrific. Total 45 and a half. And they have looked, as far as NFC teams are concerned, as the best so far in the NFL. Jags, not too bad either, Dave. So I'm coming back to you because there's been a guy who is low-key skinny, but he won a Heisman, Mm -hmm. and nobody's been paying attention to him for the first three weeks, and he has started to become a go-to guy. Who do you like? Oh, I think people have been paying attention to him for the last two weeks. They were wondering where he was in week one when he had exactly zero catches <laughs> on four targets. And it's Devontae Smith. And this just, it feels a little too good to be true. And maybe there's something that I'm missing here. Maybe one of you esteemed gentlemen can point it out to me. But he's had at least seven targets in each of his last two games. So asking him to catch over four and a half passes and we're getting odds with it, that seems like a slam dunk to me. And let me tell you about this Jacksonville defense. There is no question that they are playing better than anybody expected. Their front seven is great, but Philadelphia's offensive line is also great. And they've been doing a good job protecting Jalen Hurts, and it's allowed Hurts to go wherever he wants to with the football. And it's not just to his left or to his right. It's also on the intermediate level and the deep level, and that's where Smith has thrived. And so with at least seven catches in each of his last two games, going up in a tough matchup, Jacksonville's kept receivers under 55% on a catch rate, I think they blast them. I think they stay undefeated. I think the Eagles keep rolling, and I think Devontae Smith has at least six catches in this game. It's going to be awesome for fantasy, and it's going to be awesome for people who bet this one because the odds are in your favor. This is a good double sprinkle to put on this week with Devontae Smith over four and a half catches. When my man, Uncle Dave, finds a double sprinkle, I consider that a lock. See ya. Go. Coach, again, I'm a little offended. I know people are jumping on you, but I did have Devontae Smith over 44 and a half receiving yards last week. So we were on him last week. And honestly, that was an absolute gift. I like this play from Dave. I will say this. 
I like his receiving yards again this week. It, it was almost a play for me, maybe because I only gave out four plays on this show. It, it might end up being a play for me as as we get closer to Sunday. It's 55 and a half yards, 11 more than he had last week. I said last mm. week he could get that 44 mm. and a half on one single catch. And oh, guess what? He did <laughs> along with another 120 yards on top of that. So Devontae Smith is in a really good spot. The, the only question is whether the Jaguars can push back a little bit because we know the commanders really didn't. But obviously, Devontae got there anyway. But I absolutely like uh, Devontae Smith, whether it's fantasy or or his his receptions or his uh, yardage prop. I'm, I'm probably going to end up being on that yardage prop over 55 and a half yards. And oh, by the way, that was in the first half. He had almost all of those catches yes. and yards. Almost he, said a, he said a career best in the first half in yards in one game and a half. By the way, Dave, real quick, Michael and Tim in the chat helping us out. They said the Herbert on DraftKings is at 77 and a half. Your thoughts on that? I know you, you said maybe 60. Yeah, I said like 65 and a half, 77 yeah. and a half. I might be a little hesitant. It's worth a sprinkle, single sprinkle. Okay. All right. Very, very good. All right. We got to move on to our next game because Alex is getting restless again. I love when I see a hungry prop stars. That's when he's at his very best. So. The Jets and the Steelers. Boy, do these two teams need something good to happen to them. Steelers at home, lane three and a half. The total 41 and a half. And probably the throwing offense of the Steelers has been anything but nice. But I started to see last week a little nice little pairing between Trubisky and the guy that you like a lot this week. If they can connect is another story. Talk to me. Yeah, there's a glimmer of hope in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. That is by the name of Deontay Johnson. I like him over five and a half receptions. Uh, he he's gets a great matchup. He's playing the Jets. They are a strong bet to be maybe one of the biggest pass funnels in the NFL this season. They're dead last in passing DVOA as well. This is an excellent matchup. Uh, Pittsburgh very likely is going to be more weighted, in my opinion, to the pass in this matchup, considering how inefficient Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh's uh, running game has been this season. I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line as well. So far, all of the Jets' opponents, I'm talking the Ravens, Browns, and Bengals, all have shifted to the pass and average a pass-heavy 5% over expectation uh, against uh, playing the Jets. That certainly sets up well for Deontay Johnson to get an uptick in volume. Also, I feel like this game is going to be very telling for Mitch Trubisky. If he's not able to light up this secondary, then the Steelers very well might move on from him. So if he doesn't have a good game here, I could see Kenny Pickett starting the following week. So this is a litmus test to see if Trubisky is going to continue being the quarterback. He's going to air the ball out here. Uh, also, Deontay Johnson it's hard to recognize this because of this offense. He has actually been phenomenal this season. Uh, entering this year, he never had an A dot average depth of target over nine and a half yards. With Trubisky at quarterback, his A dot is up to 11 and a half. That is very, very good. And he's earning targets at an elite 30% rate. Uh, so Deontay, one of the wraps on him, at least when Big Ben was at quarterback, was that he was somewhat of an underneath volume receiver. A guy that just got a lot of uh, kind of like Curtis Samuels doing right now with the commanders gets a lot of passes near the line of scrimmage. That has not been the case this season. He has been an elite target earner regardless of his depth, which is a very good sign. 33% target share, 40% air yards this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is phenomenal stuff from him. He's also eclipsed this in all three games this year as well. And that's what the Steelers not really throwing the ball at very much. So that's very encouraging. He's eclipsed this in his last six games, actually, dating back 
to last season. He's only had less than five receptions in one game out of his last 20 games. So this is an obtainable number, something he does pretty much every week. I think with the added uh, potential uptick in volume with the Steelers having to throw the ball more, this is such a good spot to back Deontay Johnson. 95% of the time he goes over five catches or at least five catches. Yes. About that for a second. 95% of the time. Wow. I got something for C and I got something for Dave. Uh, so random Brees Hall over 60 and a half rushing and receiving. C, I'm coming to you. Then Dave, I have one for you on Zach Wilson. What do you think, Sia? I specifically looked at Brees Hall this week. I noticed his uh, rushing and receiving total is actually similar to what uh, Michael Carter's is. I thought 60 and a half was a little high. It's one of those lines where I'm kind of, I think I'm just going to wait to see if that line moves at all one way or the other. I'm inclined to take Michael Carter's under and Brees Hall's over. But for me right now, um, both of them are no play. Like keep in mind that Brees Hall line has gotten inflated from last week. You remember I was on him over 29 and a half Mm -hmm. rushing yards last week, which of course hit over 27 and a half. Then it got to 29 and a half, both hit. But now that's been inflated. I think his rushing total is somewhere in that 39 and a half range. I think that's fine, but I just don't want to count on last week's production with Zach Wilson coming into this game. I'm not 100% sure how that running back rotation is going to turn out. I do think Brees Hall is going to get more work than Michael Carter, just like last week. But it's just I don't have enough information to make that call right now. So for me, it's a stay away. All right. You guys notice the low-key humble brag? By uh, Sia right there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Was it low key? I don't. It I was, was trying awesome. to make it high key. It was. It was. It was awesome. <laughs> Either way, it was awesome. He goes, of course it hit. Of course it hit. Now he brought up the name that everybody's talking about. What will it look like with Zach Wilson under center? We know, Dave, that Flacco just aired it out. Didn't care where he's throwing. It just aired it out like sixty times a game. What do you see from a passing perspective for the Jets this week? I, I think it could be a little messy and especially frustrating for people who are leaning, let's say, on Brees Hall and Michael Carter and Tyler Conklin in fantasy. Uh, kind of the book on Zach Wilson is that he's a downfield thrower, and when a play isn't there, he's going to run with it. So Joe Flacco wasn't running anywhere, and he also didn't want to get hit. So he's getting rid of the ball as fast as he possibly can. Here's one to the running back. Here's another one to the running back. Here's one to the tight end. Oh, not enough to the running backs. So let me give it to you. And that helps those running backs get over those total number props. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. Zach Wilson's never been a guy to lean on his running backs. They might try and coach it in him, but there's no idea. There there isn't any inkling to suggest that that idea is actually going to come to fruition. Same thing with the tight ends. He didn't lean too heavily on his tight ends last year, although we can say that the Jets did a lot in free agency this offseason to improve the tight end role on their team. If there's anything to do with with the Jets, it's under. I think I would take a lot of unders when it comes to the running backs, the tight ends, and Zach Wilson himself. All right. Very, very good. Great information on all three topics right there. By the way, Ronnie, I see you in the chat asking about Austin Eckler and his rushing yards. The maestro on our morning show made that an official play under, I think it's 55 or 56 rushing yards. So we are on the under for Eckler uh, for this week, if you just wanted to know that uh, from the maestro. All right. We've got two games left, three picks. And I love when two picks make sense together. That's always a really, really good thing with this crew. So Broncos Raiders, L.A., they need – L.A., the Vegas Raiders, they need a win. They're laying two and a half against the Broncos, who somehow have been kind of figuring it out, even though they looked like a mess. Total 45. So clearly, Alex, I'm coming to you first, but I love these two plays from UNC. Start us off. 
Yeah, I like Jerry Judy here in this spot. Over three and a half receptions. You can get this at minus 110, minus 115 on some books. Listen, his route, J- Judy's route participation is a bit skewed by his week two injury. In week one, he ran a route on 91% of Russell's dropbacks. and But he was at just 75% last week. To me, he was getting back up to a full-time role. Needed He's two weeks removed from the injury. Hasn't really had much target opportunity as Cortland Sutton. He's trailing Sutton in target rate, 24% to 21%. But Judy's 1.71 yards per route run understates his target uh, opportunity to date. So I think Judy is in a really nice spot here against this Las Vegas pass defense. Hasn't been that good whatsoever. All of the other Broncos receivers are below a 65% route participation this season. So Sutton and Judy are really the only two Denver pass catchers who are going to get looks or going to play a ton of snaps in this game. We're getting a nice discount here on Judy because uh, he didn't play a full-time role last week. Also, coming off that injury, to me, he's going to be close to 100%. And again, we're getting a discount on his receptions and his yards, which I know Sia likes, so I will hand it over to him. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And this should see a, have a really good pace to it, because I feel like the Raiders are going to be playing with some urgency, which also mm-hmm. makes these plays a little bit better. What do you like? Yeah, and it's hard to bet on Russell Wilson right now and and the Broncos offense in general for obvious reasons. It's just such a hard watch. However, you know, playing that Niners defense, that that is a really legitimate Niners defense. This is a different story, and I expect Russell Wilson at least to be a little bit better, but Alex really said it. We're looking for discounts. We're looking for a skewed line that's based on something that that is artificial. And when I say artificial, I mean, well, okay, he had his AC joint sprain in week two and he left the game. And then in week three, you know, he was included in, in, in the game plan, but I don't know that he was, you know, he certainly wasn't practicing in full all week. And so because of that, we have a situation where a 56 and a half point or, or yardage total might actually be in play here. And what I mean by that is if Jerry Judy was healthy weeks two and week three, and he had just, you know, middling results, I think we would see a receiving yard total here against a bad Raiders secondary at, at I don't know, 53 and a half, 56 mm-hmm. and a half, maybe even 59 and a half, like it was uh, immediately, I think, after week one heading into week two. So I think we're getting a really good discount. I'm really glad Alex said that word because that's that's really what we're looking for with, with the Rashad Bateman play too. I think we're getting somewhat of a discount because his route share hasn't been very good. His target share hasn't been very good, but you're playing the matchup and you're playing the discount. It's the same thing here with Jerry Judy. Like, oh, by the way, in week one, he had four catches. That's not a lot, but he had it for 102 yards. This is the same type of guy that can break one play for this 44 and a half yard total. Do I expect him to do that? Not necessarily, but if he gets three to four catches, which Alex expects him to do, I expect at least one of those to exceed 20 yards, to exceed 18 yards, something like that. That should sail over this 44 and a half yardage yardage total. The last two and a half or three minutes is why I tell you all the time, you have to watch this show live. The prop market is so completely different than sides and totals and all that. And all that information is why. All that information is why. Dave, let me come to you. Chat question. Mac Hollins over 49 and a half minus 115 on DraftKings from Brandon. I have absolutely no idea how the Raiders plan on implementing Mac Hollins again this week. We do know that Hunter Renfro is unlikely to play. He's still dealing with concussion-like symptoms. 11 targets, 8 catches, 158 yards. Look, I don't think Hollins can even come close to, well, maybe he can come close to half that. And if he is, then the over is probably the better play. But there's also a possibility that he gets phased out and it was a one-week thing. Remember, Mac Hollins has been in the NFL for a long time. He's never had a game like he had last week. I would be nervous. I wouldn't do any more than a sprinkle on him. Okay. Very, very good. Thank you, Dave. Now, Jeffrey, in the chat. Yes, sir. Real quick, just to Dave's point, uh, 
Mac Hollins' previous game high or, or career high uh, receiving yards in a game, 77 yards. Boom. And he's been in the league for five or six years. Boom. Thank you. Always adding. Alex is one of the very few that's allowed to interrupt my flow and not get chastised anytime. Now, Jeffrey in the chat. Let's help him out. Eckler, not available anytime touchdown on Bet Online per line manager discretion. I wonder what that means. That means a lot of people want to bet it. They don't want to lose that bet, so they're taking it off the board. Don't bet with them. That's what that means. You can't just pick and choose who you put up and who you don't put up. So if they do, don't bet with them. Don't bet with them. All right. We got one game left. Chiefs and the Bucks. This line has moved all over the place. And I cannot wait for early edge live as we count down to this one, which is Sunday night at 8.20 Eastern time. Right now, the Chiefs now minus one, but it's been all over the place. Total 45 and a half. And Alex, they have a big-time receiver that they sorely missed last week, only scoring 12 points. He is clearly Tom Brady's favorite target. And I think this week he's going to come out with a little attitude. Who are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Big Mike Evans, Coach. This You talked about how this uh, the, the spread in this game has moved. This line has moved. I opened a position here at 62.5. I submitted it at 66.5. I believe it's up to 68.5. Uh, it's just been moving up north, north, north. I'd play it up to 70 yards personally. Mike Evans back in the lineup, as Coach mentioned. Uh, Julio Jones is a game-time decision. Even Chris Godwin could potentially suit up. I don't expect Godwin to. I think Julio's legitimately 50-50, regardless of who suits up. Evans is clearly their healthiest wide receiver. He's going to be a target monster no matter what wide receivers are active alongside of him. I actually am rooting for Julio Jones, so I think he'll kind of take a little bit of pressure off of him uh, to also be active alongside Evans. Evans has been excellent this year, 2.87 yards per route run, a 14.0 A dot, which is what you're looking for. I talk about it all the time. When you get a lot of targets deep down the field, that is the recipe for potential spike games, which we're trying to predict here. So that's that's the name of the game. Targets down the field. That's what Evans has been doing. Uh, this is also a great matchup against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a solid pass defense or kind of average pass defense, but they've really struggled with opposing number one wide receivers this season. Michael Pittman had a big game last week. The week prior, Mike Williams had a huge game against Kansas City as well. Uh, they're 29th out of 32 teams in DVOA, two opposing number one wide receivers, which is very encouraging for this prop. I'd play it up to 72 and a half. If this ends up being Julio active, Chris Godwin inactive, and we obviously know Mike Evans is planning on playing, I wouldn't be surprised if this closes at 74 and a half. The Chiefs cannot guard anybody. It's the way they've always been. Always. Always. Now, Dave, you and I, I'm a little offended for you. I'm a little offended for myself. Because my man Miguel in the chat, who I had a lot of respect for before this moment, he says, great picks and analysis. Prop stars, see ya. We have the smartest chat in all of <laughs> sports betting, Coach. I just want to put that out there. The Early Edge has the smartest chat. So many doctorate degrees, uh, just master's degrees, just so oh. educated. I think if you did a IQ bell curve test, you would find that we're looking at an average in the high 150s. So. Oh, the days when you couldn't even talk on camera. Oh, I long for those days. Uh, see ya. Yes, sir. Well, Coach, with the legal background that I do have, uh, I do feel the need to play mediator here a bit. And I believe that comment from a timing standpoint was 
in response to the Jerry Judy conversation that only Alex, prop stars, Lil Geppetto, and I actually participated in. That's why Dave and yourself, frankly, were left out. So, uh, Miguel, you're good in everybody's book now. You're welcome. Please be more clear next time. You stink, Miguel. Love you, Miguel. You You're suck, awful. Miguel. You suck, Miguel. <laughs> Miguel, DM me as soon as we get out of here. I've got something for you. I'm going to send it to you in the mail. Yeah, Sometimes when I work with CEO I'll send or something M-squared. in the mail. Dave, you know we like, like we have legit members. Isn't Mensa the, the, the group with the geniuses in it, right? Yeah, Sia, that's like, what it's called, right? Yeah, that's what, yeah, Sia, that's what, that's what I'm not wearing called. my pen, but uh, I thought that was Coach, we're not letting in new members, so yeah, me, you, and Dave are just yeah, nobody can get in Mensa with us. <laughs> Sometimes I just feel so stupid when Mikey is talking or when Sia is talking. It's just amazing how you suck me in just to bang you over the head. Man, I love you so much. All right. Now, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap, courtesy of Jake the Snake. Last week, 11-3. and three. What will we do this week? Prop stars, Mike Evans over 66.5 receiving yards. Saquon Barkley over longest rush, 16.5. Austin Eckler, anytime touchdown. Let's score six. Deontay Johnson over 5.5. You, you heard that amazing Chick-fil-A nugget of the day. 95% of the time in his last 20 games, he's gone over at least five receptions. Jerry Judy over three and a half. Then Uncle Dave, he's on Marcus Mariota. Longest pass completion. It's going to be a dink and dunk day. This will be easy, easy sweat. Then Devontae Smith over four and a half catches. Geno Smith under 22 and a half completions. Carson Wentz over 35 and a half pass attempts. And Janie McKissick over three and a half receptions. The man who was perfect a week ago. Rashad Penny over 59 and a half rush yards for Sia. Tony Pollard over his combo number of 60 and a half. Rashad Bateman and Prop Stars validated this pick. And then Jerry Judy over 44 and a half. As always, don't forget, on Sunday, we have three big shows. Our morning show at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Then noon, we break down every 1 p.m. game, every 4 p.m. game. Then at 7.30 Eastern on Sunday night, we break down the Chiefs and the Bucks for a full 45 minutes. Man, I love doing this so much. There's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these prop tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. Love them all. Uncle Dave, prop stars, Sia, and Jake the Snake on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. We will see you on Sunday morning. I'm off. I am off on Saturday, but we'll be constant on social media, constant with cashing tickets because that's what we do at the early edge. Good luck.